shall show it unto you. Uh, verse 16, a little while and ye shall not see me. And again a little while and ye shall see me because I go to my Father. Now as we just turn and, and just keep looking on down through this verses, verse 20, you might remember the message birth pains. Uh, I just was able to come back through Louisville and Jeffersonville. I had it on my heart to go to the place where Brother Branham was uh, standing and preaching. This day the scripture is fulfilled in the Parkview Junior High School. And uh, you might remember years before, it was, it was just a field there when Brother Branham was younger. And he just so longed to see Jesus. And the Lord allowed uh, Jesus to come into the field. And the wind was blowing. And he saw the grass moving. And he saw his garment moving. And he just said his name, Jesus. And he turned and saw his face. Years later, in the very field, they built a, a Parkview Junior High School. So as Brother Branham was preaching in birth pains there in Arizona and then preached, um, it is um, this day the scriptures fulfilled the next night. And then he came back to Jeffersonville and preached in Parkview Junior High School. This day the scripture is fulfilled. But I'm going back now to verse 20 because Brother Branham was standing there. We remember with the platform full of ministers and the Catholic priest was there. And he was talking in verse 20 uh, and this is the message, birth pains. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. I, I'm, I'm just as I was on the airplane, I, I was reminded of Psalms 90 about these uh, three score and ten years and perchance by strength it be 80. There's going to be strength, there's going to be labor, but there's going to be sorrow. So now as we look in verse 20, Brother Branham speaking uh, from the position of the church and the bride that we're going to bring forth uh, the Christ child and revelation and the rapture through sorrow. And a woman, verse 21, he's typing this to the church, to the bride. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow. Don't think it's strange tonight that you're going through battles and trials and carrying a heavy burden, and taking up your cross, and following Jesus. His yoke is easy, and His burden is light, but His cross is going to have sorrow. There's birth pains. The bride is going through birth pains. And I, therefore you shall have sorrow, and I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Verse 23 now, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. How many know that that day is this day? I'm speaking of adoption. I'm speaking of maturity. I'm speaking of a rapture time when the bride would come from infancy and come from Pentecost to be birthed. A birth is a mess. Birth is a mess. But adoption is not a mess. I want you to just watch this tonight as we talk about this. A birth is a mess and a person that's going through birth pains and bringing forth Christ and breaking out of the world and breaking out of the things of their, their uh, flesh and their complexes. It's just a mess sometimes. It is a mess. But adoption is not a mess. It's you entering into your glory. It's you entering into a settleness. It's you entering into a place of God having trust in you. And I, I wanted you tonight to feel what Brother John is, has on my heart, that you have been anointed for your time. So there was a time you were anointed for birth. You were anointed to come forth. But now we've been, a come, we've been anointed to speak God's word with the authority, with the checkbook. 
You, you have the checkbook. You have the credit card. You need to go to the grocery store. I was gone for a whole week from my wife, but it wasn't every day I was calling and asking why she was spending money at this or why she's spending money on that or why are you doing this? She can spend money and do whatever she feels she needs to do. She has the authority. We're 30 plus years now married. And so she, I don't, she doesn't need Brother John to be micromanaging her and controlling her, manipulating her. Let me say this spiritually tonight. Christ isn't manipulating the bride and forcing you and, uh, and just watching, you know, your every word to get on your case. As Brother Mark said at the Bible study, I believe, we, we don't always need to just be always repenting and a bride that's being hit over the head and corrected all the time. It's time to grow up now in your adoption. You're not a little child stumbling down the aisle to getting married. You're, you're now growing. You're a woman of virtue and strength, but yet it does come by sorrow. But I want you to look in verse 26. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came from out from my Father. I'm going back within your heart. Just go back to verse 20 and 21, please. Because this was the message of birth pains. When Brother Branham was speaking there, and, and I'm just going to go just touch on it just one more time because it's been on my heart even while I was gone. I, I was just feeling that, that, that anointing. That's what I preached on Sunday there in uh, Virginia was living in the greatest anointing because we are living in the time when the anointing for the bride and the anointing for the rapture. We're living in the time for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole earth is groaning for us to come to manifestation. It's in your universities. It's in your, it's in your colleges. It's in your homes. You housewives ought to feel this pressure. You brothers ought to feel this pressure. You that are unsaved or, or backslidden ought to feel the pressure of God squeezing you to make things right. Let's go. Let's go, friends. It's time to be changed. It's time for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're living in bride time now. We're living in seed time now. We're living in the harvest time now. I, 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 Brother Branham heard the coming of the combine years ago. And the coming of the combine speaks of harvest. Not a planting time, but a harvest time. So the word is coming to pass. It's time for relationship. It's time for this day. It's time for this hour. It's time tonight for us to say, Lord, anoint me for my time. Wherever you're at tonight, if you're in the world and you need to come out, be anointed to come out of the world. If you're, if you're justified and you need to be sanctified, just start to pray tonight during the service. You don't need to wait till the end and have an altar call. Just say, God, take that out of my life. Take that nature out of my life. Take that desire to do those things out of my life, Lord. Don't you recognize that's the Holy Ghost on you? Do you recognize that? It's not the spirit of a church. It's not the spirit of the pastor back. No, no, it's the spirit of Christ back. He's putting pressure on you. And if you have been clean and if you have been set, us, uh, set aside, then why don't you just be filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Right there in their chair tonight. Just let the Holy Ghost burn, burn right upon you. Let there be a pillar of fire coming up and down over your head. And tonight, why don't you let the Lord just give you a good night of rest and give you night visions and give you spirits of prophecy and dreams and utterances that are of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just say, Lord, I'm trading in all my nightmares and all my comfort food. I want to feed off the word. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't have to be addicted to food. Amen. You can be addicted to the word. You don't have to be addicted to prescription drugs or illegal drugs. You don't need to be hiding things under your mattress, hiding things on your phone. Just let it be full disclosure. Amen. Say, Lord, anoint me for my time. I want to say tonight, this day, the scripture's being fulfilled. What used to be in a field is now growing up now. A prophet standing on that property. And I took a photo of the school, and we drove past the school. You remember that? Brother Branham actually turned the pulpit. It was like this, out looking out. It, it was a, a th like theater seats they had in the auditorium. It was like a whole huge auditorium. 
Then it, then it was like the, the platform was that, like this. Then on this side was a whole gymnasium that they opened up with chairs and then on the side were bleachers. And for this weekend of meetings, the, of the brother in 1965, when Brother Branham came back now and he started on Wednesday night at the tabernacle, Thursday night, Friday night, and he came into this day, the scripture is fulfilled. By then, he just turned the pulpit because it was toward the audience here, but he wanted to see both sides. So he literally turned it this way and there was a whole group of people on the platform. He turned it this way so he, was, he could see both sides. And he's preaching the message on this day, this scripture is fulfilled. And he's speaking about that, that, that evening when the Catholic priest gave him his Bible and he, be, he was just stumbling and, and his wife was embarrassed and nervous because she had given him a brand new Bible. Watch this. He said, my Bible was so old and I was coming out to speak and I didn't want to take my old tattered Bible. So I picked up the new Bible. And so there he is standing in front of hundreds of people and the pages were stuck together and the Catholic priest gave him his Bible or the scrolls and he prophesied to Brother Branham. Brother Branham didn't realize while he was preaching birth pains that he was actually un under a mandate of this day the scripture is fulfilled. It was that afternoon. You say, Brother John, you're repeating yourself. I know, but we've really got to get this. He was being anointed for that time, but he didn't realize what was happening. Is it possible that one of us could be going through our lives and feel like, like Georgia Bruce? I don't even have the Holy Ghost. I think I'm going to die. I think I'm a miserable failure. And six minutes in the back room uh, with a prophet took care of all those questions. And she walked out of that little six-minute interview, maybe out the back door, and she was just so amazed that God would speak to her and say, you are a Christian, and you're not going to die, and just settle all those questions. But she walked out one door, and Brother Branham walked out another door up on the platform and began to speak a masterpiece, masterpiece, and how Michelangelo worked for years to working on this rock. And out of the rock came a form of, of, a, of a person, Moses. And he, and he looked so real. And, and he got so inspired because what was in his mind was now in front of him. And he struck it on the knee and he said, speak. And it tore out a big part of his knee. And he said, my, that's a flaw. That's a flaw. I just throw it back out there, Brother Miles. Just throw it back out there and let's all start all over again. No, it was the flaw that made it a masterpiece. You look at us tonight. We're a bunch of flawed people. People that have issues. People that have problems. People that have children that want a sandwich and trying to leave the service and a wife that's embarrassed and ashamed that, you know, what, wasn't you nervous, honey? And wasn't you embarrassed? She, and he said, no, no, the pages were just stuck together. And now they're going after birth pains. They're going on the road and they're pulled over and they're getting a sandwich. And Brother Branham and his wife are talking about these things talking about that and the Holy Spirit came on Brother Branham and, 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 and showed him, let, let's go to the scripture in Luke chapter 4, showed him that it was fulfilling Luke chapter 4 when Jesus returned in verse 14 in the power of the Spirit, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and I just say, Lord, Send the power upon us tonight. Send an anointing upon these brothers and sisters this Wednesday night. I'm not going to be long tonight, by the way. But send that anointing upon us, Lord. Just send that strike upon us, Lord. If you have to flaw, if, if flaw us, if that's the reason for all of these mix-ups in my life, you would say I'm a, just a flawed person. And God is saying, speak, my daughter. Speak, my son. I'm anointing you for this time. Rise up out of that clay. Rise up out of that rock. Just nothingness. You just walk past this, this uh, rock quarry and say it's nothing but a bunch of rocks. And God is saying, in there is my bride. In there is my people. I'm going to anoint her for this time. 
So Jesus returned now in the power, Luke 4, 14, in the spirit into this certain place. Remember, remember in verse 16, he came back to Nazareth. He came to the place where he had been brought up. Remember, it's always your home life where you're the least accepted. Remember that you're not received in your own house. Remember, not just prophets, but all of us are not received well in our own house. We look on one another as common. In our own church, we take one another for common. In, in our own family, we take one another for common. God help us tonight. There's deity in the house. So Jesus was coming back to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went to church. He went into the synagogue and there, and he stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Here it is again. Isaiah, a certain book for a certain time, for a certain day, for a certain season. It wasn't Genesis. It, it wasn't Daniel. It wasn't Ezekiel. And God is handing you a book. I, I think we had it humble thyself in January. Now it's why are people so tossed about in February. And a certain book was handed to us. And as we begin to read in that book and find our place in that book, we found that we're part of the third pool ministry. That there was a first pull, there was a second pull, but there was a third pull. And we found out in that, in the why are people so tossed about? The reason they're so tossed about, they're so caught up in, in, in their body realms, in their spirit realms, and God's trying to focus them on their soul realm, in that inner realm, in the bedroom. It's not just the church, the kitchen. It's not just the living room, the parlor, where you hold hands, go out to dinner. It's not that, friends. We're being called to go into the bedroom where we can bring forth fruit. Amen. Isn't that what we've been hearing in the messages to our little church? Fruit, where Aaron's rod budded in one night. Amen. In one night, Aaron's dry, crusty, dead stick in one night. It budded and blossomed and brought forth almonds in one night. I, I wonder tonight if God's raised you up in this little hill here, in this little church, for you to recognize your little dry stick, your life might seem like nothing. But in the presence of God, the supernatural can happen for you. Wake up tonight, friends. God's ministering to you. God's caretaking for you. He's taking care of you. He's speaking to your soul things that are good yes. to bring forth his fruit and his season. Amen. Eternal fruits and his season. I just love it now. This book of Isaiah, verse 17, was handed to Jesus. And when he opened the book, he found the place. Let's all say place certain place in Isaiah where it was written. Uh -huh. yeah. It wasn't just Jesus wept. Right. It was a certain place. Yeah. Right. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that's what I pray would happen for each one of you tonight, that the Spirit of God would fall upon you. Yes. He found the place, verse 17, where it was written. A certain scripture, a certain time. How many of you that have the Holy Spirit or are a Christian, you know that God's dealt in your life in certain times of your life. It's without denial. Your questions, he gave you answers. Friends, this is not just an ordinary church service. It's God opening your eyes to recognize our season, our day. The time the Spirit of God is upon you to find the place where it's written. This time, this day, not another day. Hallelujah. If Jesus found his place in the Word, don't you want to find your place? If William Branham found his place in birth pains, then this day the Scripture is fulfilled. Let us find our place tonight. Let us find our place tonight. I'm just taking out of my notepad a page of notes that I wrote here on the airplane right at this time about the four, the, the four living creatures and how we're living in the flying eagle time. Luke 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
He's upon you. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. Is this all good? And recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he stopped there. And he closed the book. Why did he stop there? If you go back to Isaiah, it's in a certain place. Why did he stop there? Why did he, why did he stop there and, and not go into the judgment? Uh-huh. I want you to listen real close to Brother John. Yeah. And so it is today. The fivefold ministry is, should be the ministry of Christ yes. to know what the mind of the Lord is for this season. Even February 28th is the great wigged one back in 1963. It happened today in 1963 when that great cloud ring of mystery happened there in Arizona. When those seven uh, angels came there through Arizona right up through March there, it lingered there in that place. And it's been greatly debated throughout the message. We're not here to debate it. But those angels were in that area and appeared to our prophet and showed to him, go back to Jeffersonville. Go back there and reveal the opening of the seven seals. My, when I heard that today, I thought, my, how we need to go back into the seals and go back into the messages. Go back into these things and be anointed for our time today. We need that today, Lord. Help us, we open up our Bibles and become a new book to us, Lord. I encourage you, friends. It's not going to be just looking into your bank account or looking into your job or looking into you know, your cell phone. It's going to be looking into the Word for your day where the Spirit of the Lord can come upon you. We need more ladies that have their hands in their dishwater where the Holy Spirit can come on them. Changing the diaper, you know, Sister Shannon, she's in the nursery maybe, but changing the diaper all of a sudden, the Spirit of God come upon her. Doesn't have to happen in church. Doesn't have to happen around the believers. It can happen right in your home, right in your bed, right where you're at tonight streaming this service or tomorrow. The Holy Ghost can come on you. You are anointed for this time. You are being encouraged for this time. Your your spiritual life, he's trying to advance you. We're not in the lion uh, uh, anointing. We're not in the ox anointing. We're not under the man anointing. We're under the flying eagle anointing. We're not under that lion spirit of just growling and fighting and roaring all the time. It should be the spirit of the Lord upon the believers. The spirit of the Lord upon the ministry. The spirit of the Lord upon the church. The Spirit of the Lord upon the deacons. Come on, friends. The Spirit of the Lord upon the housewives. It ought to be the power, as we read here in verse 14, Jesus returning in the power of the Spirit. Not your family name. Not not what your complexes are. Not the weaknesses of your flesh. Michelangelo had a vision. And what he had in his mind became so real, he struck it and said, Speak! Oh, I want my life to be formed into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, it's not myself living and protruding. I want him to hone down and break off and and just sandpaper off all those things, Brother Steve, and attitudes and needs and issues and problems that would keep me from the rapture, Lord. Anoint me, Lord, for this time. I wonder if the anointed can come on this congregation to say, anoint me, Lord, at this time. Anoint me, Lord, at this hour. And when it came on Jesus, taking the book, taking the scroll, it hath anointed me to preach. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Deliverance to the captors, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 19, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister. And then what does it say? And sat down. The greatest anointing. It's only 8.30. The greatest anointing that was on any other person 
was on the Lord Jesus. And when he found himself in the scripture, exactly his ministry, he didn't scream and run around and grab a microphone and go running around the synagogue. That's not what he did. The Bible says he sat down and he closed the book and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened. Maybe some were kind of looking around. You know, I can't hardly see you. You know, Brother Jeff Hofer trying to see Brother John. And now he's looking behind, you know, Sister Rebecca and kind of looking around. Okay, what's he saying? What's he saying? Well, he's speaking so softly. that And they're just leaning forward trying to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. What is he saying? And he began to speak as their eyes were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words, not harsh words, not harsh words, gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, and you know, there's always going to be the carnal ones in the church. Some said, is not this Joseph's son? You know, the kind of car he drives, you know, the kind of, oh, he stuttered there. Oh, he misquoted. The, uh, the, he said that, well, he stopped halfway in the scripture. You know, there's always going to be the message theologians. And I say, God, tear that all out of my heart, Lord. We can be so religious, friends, that we miss the moving of God's spirit in this time. Even as Brother Solomon was song leading and praying, I just thought, Lord, help us tonight to catch the mind of the Lord for tonight, for this season, for this time. I don't have a bunch of PowerPoints and quotes. I'm, I'm speaking from my heart tonight, Lord, what our sisters need, what our brothers need, what we need for this time, for this service. Listen, if Sister uh, Laverne Clemens could talk to Sister Starr on a Friday and say goodbye. Sister Starr told me even again on Sunday when I met with her on Sunday. I, I spoke with her personally and, and the pastor and things. And she said, I, I talked to her. We, we said goodbye. And it was like, Brother John, I was saying goodbye for the last time. And we wept and cried together. Little did she know within a few hours she was going to be gone. Sister Laverne is not 91 years old tonight. She's gone from this time. She, I, she has no more hours. And in that day, she has no more days. You provided the way for Brother John to go and, and to commit her body to the ground. Some of you and you that are streaming, I thank you for providing and paying. It was very expensive. It was last minute. But you provided a way for, to, to uh, fulfill her last wishes that Brother John would come. So I come and we go and we stand there. I was the only message believer in the whole group of people. And so I didn't go for hours and hours. I, it just took a few minutes because I knew that her life was already, was already screaming out. Her testimony had already lived. I don't need to take an hour. I don't need to hang her family over hell and dangle them. I don't need to do that. I, I was just there to commit her body to the ground. So what, what did you do, Brother John, to prepare yourself? Well, I got up in the morning, Saturday morning, and started listening to Garnet Peak's service. I am the resurrection and the life. It was Garnet Peak was a young man, just I think 16 years old, that had uh, polio, I believe. And, and, and you know, he was a, a, a young man that was stricken by this disease and, and it was so, it took his life prematurely. And Brother Branham's standing, uh, I think it was in Kentucky, Campbellsville maybe, and he's giving a speaking about this young man's life. That's how Brother John prepared myself. And I listened to it again as, as I'm getting ready that you're pre preparing yourself for the hour that we're living in, for the time that we live in, for the season that we live in. And we were with them for a few hours, just a few hours. And then we rushed quickly back to the airport and flew to Virginia, got there almost midnight. And Sunday morning, we're standing in front of now her home church and the people that loved her for the last six years. 
I'm giving you this little background. She lived her time. She lived her days. She was anointed for her hour, but she's gone tonight. She's looking over from that side, cheering us on. Brother Branham said to Garnet Peak to that service, he said, I pray God allow him to look over the banister. So we stood outside, Brother Bill, there with the birds, you know, singing and the sun shining. And I was speaking to the friends and people there. Just the last word, maybe the last opportunity I told them for us all to be like this ever again. That was our time. That was our season. And as she lowered down into the ground, she was anointed for her time. But this is the Wednesday after. We need that anointing. Jesus found his place in the scripture. This day is the scripture fulfilled. Brother Branham preaches birth pains. It wasn't until that afternoon that the Lord showed him that you are doing exactly, you are fulfilling. The priest handed you the Bible. You handed it back to him. This day the scripture is fulfilled. Can't you recognize, William Branham, that you're right back in the Bible days again? And he came right back the next service, the next day, and spoke just a short message, and then took it to Jeffersonville. Now he has the opportunity in in his own city. And it's just coming to me now. As Jesus went to Nazareth, where he was brought up, William Branham is standing in the very field where he met Jesus as a younger person. Now he's meeting him as a mature man after the opening of the seals. In another time, in another season. But now he knows this day the scripture is fulfilled. But he only knew that because the Lord showed him. Friends, it's only when God shows you and me where we're living is when we come alive. I pray God let us come alive tonight. Now he's a few weeks later. Now he's standing on this side of birth pains. Now he's, he's telling the people. Here's that Bishop Stanley when he was preaching the nights before. That man was just looking at him, looking at him, just staring at him. He didn't know how he was taking it all. But now he's calling him Brother Stanley, a Catholic priest. God help us. How far have we wandered in the message? We can't even call people brothers or sisters. They disagree with us or we don't like them. We don't want to. uh, God help us, friends. You do draw the circle bigger. I'm speaking to my church tonight. If Brother John has that spirit as your pastor, you ought to say, well, for so that is the nature of Christ. We don't want anyone to be lost. Uh, just a few days ago, it was yesterday, I went by the, the church of Brother uh, Don Ruddle, which was a, a, a brother that was, and, and I actually brought it up on my maps. How far is this church, Brother Elias, to the Branham Tabernacle? Two miles. Two miles. Brother Don Ruddle was a brother, a young man, that Brother Branham called it a sister church. Is the internet working, Brother G? Is, okay, I want everyone to hear this. Yeah. I was just there yesterday. Yeah, Here's a young man in Brother Branham's own hometown that had a sister church. And I looked it up yesterday, right while I'm there, sister. And it's two miles to the Branham Tabernacle. Brother Branham didn't say, close down your church. You bunch of infidel, you, anybody that goes up to his church, da, 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 da. No, no, no. Sister Sharon and I was listening to a service coming here, and we heard Brother, Bra- Brother Branham call Brother Junior Jackson a sister church. Yeah. I drove by his church just yesterday, Junior Jackson. It's along the highway. It's just a few miles, about four miles, five miles from Brother Branham. Do you know Junior Jackson did not believe the same as Brother Branham? He actually believed false doctrine. And he left the Branham Tabernacle because he didn't want to bring the gifts in line to the prophet. There's people all over the world that follow Junior Jackson. And Brother Branham called Junior Jackson a sister church. We just heard it coming to church tonight. It's just another church in the area. I tell you, the bride will be able to do the same thing today. 
I'm talking about the spirit that was on Jesus in the Bible found their place and said this day, this scripture. William Branham found his place now standing in Parkview Junior High School, which I was just there yesterday and took that photo. A prophet standing in, now an adopted son, Brother Steve. Not a little baby, not a little, you know, back in the cave, receiving the commission. Now he knows his commission. Listen, friends, I'm standing here in End Time Message Tabernacle. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I know God's called this church to be here. There's no backtracking, questioning, double-mindedness. There's none of that. We just signed the lease a week ago for another two years. Amen. If God tarries, we just pray God continue this work here. We've got to find our place in the scripture. Not just quoting what a prophet said. Not just saying a scripture in the Bible. We've got to be able to say this day. February the 28th, 2024, the word is coming to pass. Brother Branham would be very pleased that there was another church here in Whatcom County that believed the message of the hour. I'm I'm just going way up the ladder beyond, beyond pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles. I'm going to the major prophet, the spirit that he had while he was alive, and I'm bringing it right into this church tonight. We need that same spirit in men and women and our children and our young people. That ought to be the attitude of, that we have toward one another. Yes, amen. Because it's the spirit of Christ that is anointing us, that is empowering us to fulfill our time in the word. Hallelujah. You don't want Brother John's spirit. We want the Holy Spirit. The greatest anointing, under the greatest anointing. Do you, do you have your book tonight? Some of you have it. Do you have it in your, in your Bible case? I think we read this the last time Brother John ministered. Let me bring it back to your attention. Page 43. Page 43. Paragraph 119. Some people gets the wrong impression. I'm going to close before 9 o'clock, I promise. Some people gets the wrong... That was Brother John. (laughs) Some people gets the... Because he preached longer than that. I'm going to cut it short. Some people gets the wrong impression of what the anointing is. Did you ever think of that? When was the greatest anointing was ever given to anyone? What did they do when they had that anointing? The greatest anointing that was ever given to anyone was Jesus Christ. We have the spirit by measure. He had it without measure. And one day he entered into the temple and picked up the scroll and read and said, The Spirit of God is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the acceptable year. Uh Hallelujah. You know, Brother Branham said the same thing. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm, I'm speaking unto you, Malachi 4, as being your feel, fulfilled. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. He stood right there in Parkview Junior High School and talked about the, the, those that went to Sodom, uh, Billy Graham. Never in any other age was there another messenger that was sent to Sodom like our day, but that had the name ending H-A-M. Billy Graham. Come on. And he was sent to Sodom, to the world, to America. That's why they sugarcoat it and and can go in churches and make it look so nice and beautiful. And so many churches you drive by, especially in the south where Brother John was. There's churches all over the place. I'm like, my goodness, all we need is one of those places. And here we up here where the prices are triple and quadruple. But God's given us a lovely place. I'm just making a point. If if God can do that for a denomination, he can do that for you. How many would agree with a prophet, the greatest anointing that was ever on anyone was Jesus Christ? And he found the place where it was written in the scripture. And and he said, we would think, this is Brother Branham, and I, I went to page 44 at the top of the page. We would think if such anointing was on him, had been prophesied 800 years before, talking about in Isaiah, that it would come and he was here with that type of an anointing, the full blessing. Let's say full blessing. And anointing 
of the Lord upon him, we would want to run all over the building and scream and holler. Now he's talking in 1956 about the anointing, the greatest anointing. And he said, the full blessing and anointing of the Lord, we would want to run all over the building and scream and holler. It's the same in the message today. People have a misconception of the anointing that if it would strike you, that you would want to scream and holler and run all over the room. But the Bible said, he laid down the scroll. He laid down the scroll. Can I do this? Jesus laid down the scroll and sat down. Well, that's real dramatic, isn't it? That's real charismatic. And, And here it is. And precious words proceeded from his mouth. That's what he done under the anointing. The anointing is not emotion. The anointing is supreme power in control, knowing exactly what and how, and that's what's here. Now that's William Branham in the Branham Tabernacle saying, that's what's here. In fact, in the next paragraph, he said, the anointing of the Lord is in the temple, the tabernacle this morning. That's what he said. Did he just grab the microphone and then run through the tabernacle? And then the church began to run. Then they all begin to rave. And, well, hallelujah. Is that what they did? No, he sat down and words begin to flow. That is the anointing. To know how, to know what, to know how to handle your teenager, to know what kind of job you should have, to know who you should marry, to know about your partner, to know what you need to do with that young lady or that young man. Or where you need to go to college, or maybe you need to not go to college. We get all quiet because we think the anointing is some, something coming down like a ball of fire or something. But it's greater than that. It's different than that. Is it possible that we could have been sitting... Stay with me now. I still got 12 minutes. Sitting in the synagogue and a man sitting up there, Brother Steve, just talking that that is the greatest anointing? Is it possible that we could listen to a message of birth pains? You know, when are we going to get done? You know, when are we going to get this over? It's actually this day, this scripture being fulfilled. I'm bringing it now to Brother Branham's ministry. Is it possible that we could be sitting in a packed out either auditorium like this or sitting in a whole gymnasium? Brother John has sat in that gymnasium when they'd have Easter meetings and there'd be thousands of people on this side and on that thousands. I'm not exaggerating. Listening to the messages, listening, listening to the tapes. Is it possible that you could be sitting and and just wondering, you know, about your lunch, or I'm tired, or I'm sick, or my bills, and be missing that this day, this scripture, this anointing, this something that's happening, is actually, you're exactly where you need to be. Is it possible? Okay, let's bring it up to our day. Is it possible? that you could be living and walking in February. This is the last Wednesday night of February. Are we missing it? The greatest anointing ever that was on Jesus, he sat down. The anointing that was on Brother Branham, and he said that anointing is in the tabernacle. And just in a few minutes, he closed the service. Is it possible that today, in our little Wednesday night service, God help us, Brother Steve, and others that minister, or song lead, or Sunday school, or or, or be in the audio department, or video department, or I have a long list of things bringing it down to our church, our housewives. We must be anointed for our time. That's my title tonight, anointed for your time. Housewives, we must be anointed for our place, for our position. 
brothers with your lunch basket in your hand. You know, Brother Branham used that term, lunch basket, but now it might be your Starbucks app on your phone or your Woods Coffee card or, you know, you're going down to the store trying to buy groceries. You got auto pay, or you pay by checks, or you pay something with cash. I don't know how you pay your bills. Maybe you can't pay your bills. And you just feel like a failure. You're falling short. And as it's in the natural, you bring it over into the spiritual. You say, I'm falling short, Brother John. I, I'm spiritually dry, like... Aaron's rod. I'm looking around the room and the door shut and it's just a bunch of rods. That's what my family is. That's what my school is. That's what my club is. And then it comes into the church and you look around the room and that's all you see is a bunch of dead rods. You know what that church needs? They need the power of the Spirit to strike that place. They need the same spirit that was on Jesus to find himself in Nazareth. It doesn't matter what they say about Nazareth. It's the roughest city and it's bad and it's the armpit of, of Israel. It doesn't matter. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He found the scroll, found the place where it was written. It doesn't matter that Jeffersonville is a loser place and many people are, are just, you know, so worldly, ungodly. We drove through the downtown. We went through Shemp's Candy Store and they, they talk about Brother Branham right on the wall, right in the books there. Shemp's Candy Store. We went to the end of Spring Street where the angel came down. The angel came down in that very place. And he said the, the angel, when it left, it went up over the bridge. Brother John was just there 24 hours ago. Yeah. Just a few hours ago, we were in that city. Yes. It's incredible. Okay, 30 hours. I'll add a few more. But that doesn't matter. That was Brother Branham's day. When I say it doesn't matter, you could have all the stories and squirrels. You could have the squirrels that were created in your freezer. Yeah, for sure. Say, oh, bless. Oh, it's so, we wouldn't want to. I know people that had the squirrels. Brother Branham would shoot it, and they would keep them in their freezer because he said that, you know, I'm going to eat those with you. And then, and then their house burned down. I remember, it's in my mind right now. Gabby, of driving up to their house and the whole house is burnt down. It literally happened. And the freezer and everything and the squirrels. It's not a little squirrel in a freezer. It's not an airplane that somebody said, when I come back, I'm going to fly again. Right. You're going to travel as a thought. Yeah, it's not some scrolls or quotes from a dead man. It's got to be the same spirit that was now in the tabernacle in Parkview Junior High to say this day the scripture is fulfilled and you can hear the Holy Spirit go through the building. We need that same spirit in our family. I know standing here right here tonight there's some in this building that need the spirit of the Lord to strike them. And you know what? I include myself in that number. We've created some hierarchy somewhere. Somebody that's been in the message for years and we kind of look down on our teenagers or look down on somebody. That's, you have no right to do that. You're no better than somebody that walked in here and gave their heart to the Lord at the end of this service. I don't care if you've been born and raised in the message. I was at Brother Branham's graveside yesterday. That's no virtue in that. Brother Billy Paul that passed away and it was just, I was just there at his graveside. He's not there. Right. Brother John was born and raised in that city. I'm standing here in Washington tonight to give testimony that the same spirit that was on Jesus is in me. Amen. The same Holy Ghost that was on William Branham is in me. Amen. And don't call that blasphemy. The same spirit that was on Jesus must be in you. The same spirit that was on William Branham must be in you. Amen. In fact, if it's not, you're going to miss the rapture. Yep, that's right. I pray tonight as we close, all the single ones in our church, whether they be old or whether they be young, we must be anointed. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. All the singers in our church must be anointed. Yes. 
all the musicians. I pray tomorrow as you practice and Friday as we gather that the Spirit of the Lord and that music festival there in Bellingham, Washington, that the Spirit of God would get in that place. Amen. If you're going to be a critic, stay home. If you don't like the music, stay home. If you don't like how loud it is, stay home. Please stay home. Because the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where people can get together in one mind and one accord. It's not for us. It's not the kind of music I like. It's, Lord, what's it going to take to bring in the last one? Maybe there's somebody out there that needs to hear a certain song, a certain... God will raise up a young lady for a whole life and use her for five minutes. God will raise up a brother and use him for five minutes. Use him for 30 minutes. Make him a janitor in our church. Well, we need janitors that are anointed with the Holy Ghost. All our deacons must be anointed. Our trustees, Brother Jake, uh, uh, Jake Hofer must be anointed. He's probably streaming. Brother Jake Hofer texts me a lot of times and says, Wonderful service. Good service, Brother John. Wonderful service. Many times hours ahead in time zone, but he's listening. We need every person in our media, audio, video uh, department to be anointed by the Holy Ghost. Every person that vacuums this floor and takes the trash out of this building, we do it in the name of Jesus. All our fathers, all our mothers, all our ministers, we must be anointed for this day. God, give us birth pains. Give us now adoption pains. Maybe we'll get into that Sunday about the four living creatures. It's our time to be eagles. Live under this anointing. Live in this presence from birth pains. Some of you have gone through birth pains. You've got to go from birth pains to a full birth. Amen. But you can't let your life be a continual mess. A birth is a mess. But you've got to go on to adoption. You've got to take birth pains of suffering, pain, and travail. I'm closing. Birth pains to a birth. That's where you're truly born again and receive the Holy Ghost. But it's got to end in adoption where maturity and manifestation of the word. And Brother Bradham said, your adoption is not your birth. It's your placing. So your birth is a mess. I know I've said it two times. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Your birth is a mess, but your adoption is not a mess. Your adoption is your placing. That's where sons and daughters of God come into another season. I have come to another season of my life. Let's stand to our feet. We have come to another season of our lives. Jesus came to that. We have come to that. Brother Branham came to that. Sister Laverne Clemens came to that. She has run her race already. This is our time. This is our time. Is that okay tonight? I didn't use any slides or PowerPoints, but I did put a picture of your church up there. Can you all see that on the screen? I still got two minutes. Amen. Hallelujah. This is my last slide. It shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we let the people go. We dismiss. I pray the power of God would go with them. The anointing of God would be upon our little church and upon those that are here. The visitors, those that are regular, those that gave, those that give. I pray as we go now into tomorrow and Friday, if you would give us that season to be a lighthouse here in Bellingham. May the great lighthouse, Lord, continue to shine. May Brother Max, as he stands behind the pulpit on Sunday morning, be a great thunderbolt for our little church, Lord. In the name of Jesus. This day, this scripture is fulfilled.